Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast that requires the consumption of an alcoholic beverage before you can toss a Pokeball at it. I'm your host, David Lloyd, and it's time for another Talk Nintendo and Thirsty Mage crossover. This time, it's about everyone's favorite Game Boy game, the Pokemon Trio, blue, red, and yellow. I was uh, a bit apprehensive about taking on this game. It's probably been analyzed uh, more times than Team Rocket has blasted off again. But the effect Pokemon has had on the RPG genre is its just too great to ignore. So we're going to discuss the, the trio of uh, original Game Boy titles, and we'll focus on its role as an RPG. But before we get into the discussion, let's introduce everyone on the panel. So starting with Professor Maple himself, he's the reviews editor at Nintendo World Report, Jordan Rudick. Uh, if you didn't choose Squirtle... Uh, you can just you can just stop listening right now. You can if you're recording with us, you can get off the podcast. You know, unsubscribe all that stuff. Squirtle was the number one starter. Bar none, I will accept no arguments. Sorry. Even if you're even if you're playing Pokemon Yellow, as soon as you get Squirtle, you've released the you release <laughs> Pikachu and you just start playing with Squirtle the whole time. I don't know. When I got blue, I was a Charmander man. <sighs> yeah, God, yeah, and you had blue too. You, you, Squirtle was yeah. Blast was right <laughs> on the box. Like how could you not? <laughs> Yeah, I I know a lot of people that like Charmander too. Like I felt like Bulbasaur was probably the odd the odd one out, but uh Squirtle was my guy. We actually um mm-hmm. as soon as my my son was 1 year old, we went to the Build-A-Bear. Uh do you guys have Build-A-Bear in the states? Casey, Perry? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we went to Build-A-Bear and they've got Pokémon uh stuffies or stuffed animals that you can build there. So we went and I I held up they didn't have all the starters unfortunately, but I held up uh, Pikachu and Squirtle and Eevee, and there might have been one another one. Um, uh, some one of the purple ones. I don't know who, but uh, at any rate, he he picked Squirtle out of the bunch, so I, I knew he was my son, and I could keep him, and uh, <laughs> didn't have to give him up for adoption or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, good, good stories all around with Squirtle involved. And we've also got uh, the Top Nintendo half of our crossover, and starting with the newly engaged better half of the Top Nintendo podcast, Casey Gibson. Yes, yes. Well, I would actually counter Jordan's point with uh, Squirtle is the worst of the three starter Pokemon. It's going to be a long podcast. I rest my case. Thank you very much. (laughs) It's going to be a long podcast. And rounding out the dynamic is the other half of the Talk Nintendo podcast, creative director extraordinaire, Perry Burkham. I'm going to have to go with Jordan here. Squirtle is absolutely the best. Thank you. Always. Thank you. Blastoise is my favorite Pokemon. Typical of a a bunch of Mac lovers. <laughs> Casey, I hate Jordan I Mac hate lover? Mac. <laughs> I know. I, I'm just kidding. I, I I had to rope you in there for a yeah, second. It's all Did good. you say Charmander was your favorite, Casey? Um, I would say Charmander growing up was, and then I I switched over to a Bulbasaur kind of guy. He's a switcher. He's a switcher. <laughs> He's a flip flopper. But I tell yeah, you, you, who you I, have no, yeah you you have no loyalty. I tell you who I didn't switch to. I'm glad you didn't switch to. I don't want any traitors on our team. <laughs> I'll I'll give you this. I think I think Bulbasaur is fun to start with because I think he's got some fun moves with like the status effect and and le- status effects like and leech seed and stuff like that. I think he's got some fun moves, but just in terms of like power and ability, like you you're no one's stopping Blastoise. So, you know when you when you get him, he's really the only one you need to. I, I know with who the whole would stop four. Blastoise. My boy Venusaur, <laughs> Who? and he would make easy work of him. Well, here's the thing. He, he, okay, Venusaur is, is cool. Let's just. I'm just gonna put this out there. I'm not. I'm no Venusaur hater, and I'm no. I'm no Bul- Bulbasaur and Charmander, and and Squirtle. I mean, 
Those are unbelievably awesome starters, and they're all really cool. But obviously, Blastoise and the water lineage is the coolest one. I mean, it's just... It's a, it's obvious. I mean, you can, I mean, you can give him ice moves. Like, as you give him ice beam or blizzard, it's over. You've got you've got type coverage for days. Thank you. Squirtle isn't even the best started starting water pump. Pokemon. Come on, Mudkip. Who the heck is Mudkip? <laughs> you can't just make up things. That's very good. That's very good. It, 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 Mudkip is a real live, uh, real live Pokemon. Sure, sure, Casey. Animal? Whatever you say. Oh. Okay. What about Blunder Blueville? You, you don't know Mudkip? <laughs> oh, Mudkip, yeah, he's, Mudkip he's, is he, a real one. Mudkip can't hold a of, candle to Blunder Blueville. Yeah. yeah, Blunder Blueville. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever that character is. Can't hold a candle to I'm it because he's a like water a, Pokemon. I'm thinking of a Blunder Blast or whatever, or one of those big old guns. Is that Blunder Blast? I don't think Mudkip is in the OG. He's not. Oh, Pokemon, he's, no, he's, uh, I think, Ruby Sapphire. <laughs> yeah, third gen. Yeah. Um, Blunderbust. That's what that's I'm the playing. only Pokemon I have not played. To be honest, I have not played Ruby and Sapphire. It's the I think Mudkip was played. I just yeah, I missed it when it was a re- it was remade My for friend... 3ds. I didn't play that one. Like I think I played them all up to that point, and that that remake I stopped with. My friend Aaron is so obsessed with Ruby and Sapphire that that he named his firstborn daughter Ruby. That's a, that's I think that's a good name. That's a good name. I, I like it's I like how it's connected cute. to the Pokemon though. That's good. Yeah. Exactly. Perry named his daughter after a monkey. <laughs> well, he the Dixie Kong. He was gonna yeah, go with Dixie. She does look like a little monkey. She she looks like a cute little monkey. If if Perry so had if Perry had a boy, he was gonna go with Mudkip. <laughs> I was gonna go with Diddy. <laughs> that would that would be great actually. Mudkip. Oh, what are you a big What's Sean funny, Combs you say, fan? You're if like, you nah. say if you say my last name backwards, it's Muckrub. So it'd be Mudkip Muckrub. Mudkip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we're recovering the podcast, David. I'm really sorry. Jordan, were you reading my mind? I was just about to say, man, we're getting off the rails and we're, we're pretty early on in here. Normally it's the, the drink and food discussion that takes us off the rails, but uh, we didn't even get there. Yeah, it might be the drinks that are taking us off the rails. So maybe we should get into them before we forget what we're consuming here. Yes. Perry, you were telling us... Uh, before the show, uh, that you you had a, a pre pre uh, podcast ritual. I did. I had some wings, some delicious uh, buffalo wings from KFC, and they were delicious. And um, they asked me, so I was in the drive through, and it was kind of near closing time. And they said that someone like two cars in front of me ordered five hundred dollars worth of food. I crumble. Jeez, I know. It turns and out that, it was Casey. Um, all of the yeah. Some idiot from South Carolina, and uh, they they said like they like they didn't have any popcorn chicken, which is what Jill gets, and, and mm. they like no tenders. They they took them all, but they did have twelve wings left. Amazingly, so I took the wings, and they offered me a free beverage of my choice mm. because uh, I couldn't get what I want, and they have Pepsi products there. So I purposely said, "Do you have any uh, Coke?" Just to be <laughs> cheeky, and they said, "No, we have Pepsi products." And I said, "Oh, I'll take water." Yeah, very good. Very good. <laughs> and then I thought of Casey, and I just thought, ah, I wish Casey was here. I would be like, I'll take that Pepsi. Who who orders five hundred dollars worth of KFC at the drive through? Like you did drive through, right? It wasn't right, like three like, in the morning. Well, has to be. I think. I mean, I think they do have takeout orders, but like because of the the old virey, 
that everything's kind of in the drive-thru now? At, at least with, if it was takeout or some kind of pickup, at least like they have time to prepare it. But if you're at the drive-thru and you're at the squawk box right. and you say, <laughs> I'll take ten, I'll take a thousand uh, containers of popcorn chicken. Oh, okay, sir. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be yeah. right out. Like you've got like five well, minutes like, before you're around the corner, right? Like I know. It's like if you really were planning on spending $500 worth, like surely like you, you had planned on it ahead. It wasn't like the spur of the moment thing. Like, you know what? I will have seven hundred pieces of chicken. I'm just so hey, go ahead and throw it on You know what? There. I'm really, I'm actually really hungry. Sir, like, can you please pull to the front? Oh yeah, it was delicious, by the way. Oh baby, oh man, so good. I'm telling you, their buffalo sauce, their dipping sauce, like that you get inside the restaurant, is just fine. But I wasn't a big fan of it. But they have like a different version where it's the same kind of taste, but a different. I think I used this before. A different viscosity. Mm. Of this sauce that they use on their actual, oh, dude, it's making me hungry already again, and I'm full, but it's making my mouth water. I'm so oh, I'm, I'm perfectly fine man. if we spend the next hour talking about sauce viscosity and who has the most <laughs> viscosity and the least, and which one have gone downhill. Uh, I don't know if this mm-hmm. is the same in the states. KFC, at least in Canada, I think the quality is really dipped down. Uh, David probably won't be able to help me out on this because I don't think he's having fried chicken all that often, uh, at least not of the chicken chicken variety. But I, yeah, we, we, I mean, we did a taste test a couple of years ago for my birthday. We got four different types of fried chicken from uh, places around, around Vancouver. KFC was like a, a distant, distant fourth. Um, yeah, Church is what I had of it. Uh, a couple of like more local places, uh, one's called LA Chicken. Uh, in Richmond, where I live, it's 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 really really good. Uh, another one, High Five Chicken. All of those were better than KFC. K- like there's no there's no meat, there's no seasoning to it as much anymore. Uh, so I I'd love to go to the states and and oh that's way different than when the border when the border oh, yeah. opens up because I want to see like I I know Barry you've been talking about it all the time. And I'm like KFC is is not yeah. great up here, but like it sounds like you're you having yeah a ball Jordan down there. you're invited okay you're invited and when you come down we'll go. I went to KFC with Casey when he came over. Yeah, that was, that was the first. That's the first thing we did. We had the buffet. Yeah. I, is there so a Popeyes up there? Is there a Popeyes up north? I think that I think they're just starting to open up. I think there's one not in my city, but like a couple cities over. So I Popeyes could go, I could go and get legit. some, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, yeah, I've tried I Popeyes. I think it. I think I think it is good actually. I I need to. I only had a little bit, so I need to go back and like try full box or something. But yeah, I think it is quite good. Um, Perry, if See, I, the if, thing about Canadian chicken yes. is that you can never get it fresh because it's frozen even before it's butchered mm. <laughs> <laughs> but well it is soaked in maple though that was a canadian joke my oh that sounds amazing maple Perry, you, chicken. you need to promise maple. that if i do get down there at some point we're we're spending at least five hundred dollars at the drive-thru that's a bare minimum <laughs> if I'll, casey's I'll make with that, us we're going I'll up to a grand if it's canadian if well, it's what canadian, we'll have to do is what we'll have to do is we'll each disperse with a hundred dollars. Yes. One will go to KFC. One will go to Popeye. You know what I mean? And then That's we can idea. have the full oh, gamut. And then we could just pig out. Okay. And I. And then we can all just die. I, what I really <laughs> yeah. want is I want wing wings because you guys talk about it all the time. Obviously, we don't have that up here. And I need to know how wing legit stop, you mean? Is how that legit this place is. Oh, Which wing one? stop. Wing oh, stop. Sorry, wing. wing, wing stop, I, 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 Buffalo wild wings. Wing Ooh, wings. I can't get them all. I can't keep them all straight. There's gotcha. too many bloody wings. But um, yeah, okay. So that that sounds like we've got a plan then. Mm. Let's do it. I'm yeah. ready. Well, in the meantime, what are you drinking tonight, Jordan? I I figured that there would be a lot of chicken talk, so I did that, David, to make you happy. I did bring some alcohol on the podcast. 
Uh, and this is, a, this is a fun reference to it. Um, it's from uh, Squamish, BC, which is kind of just just uh, south of the uh, Whistler Mountains, uh, uh, which are about a, an hour and a half drive from where I am, uh, about an hour and a half from YVR. Uh, Whistler, they held a bunch of the 2010 Olympic Games, uh, the, the winter, uh, like the skiing stuff, like it would, probably would have been around Whistler. Uh, so this is from Squamish, uh, Squamish. The brewery is Backcountry Brewing, um, and it's the Shooter McGavin Signature Ooh. Sour. <laughs> And it's got a, it's got a oh, nice it's great right it's got a nice kind of plaid yeah. green and red and yellow can design uh, really reminiscent of you know something you might wear on the golf the jacket. course jacket uh, yeah right exactly he wanted that jacket man it's a straw yeah. it's a strawberry basil lemonade sour and uh, David I I need to ask how how those flavors would jive with you I, you get a lot of the strawberry. Um, I, I don't know that I'm a huge sour fan, but you, it's, it's not bad, actually. Uh, again, really great summer drink, 5.5% alcohol. Um, but, you know, how could I how could I pass up a can that had Shooter McGavin's name on it? I mean, come on, that, that's, that, <laughs> that's a guaranteed yeah, that, winner. Yeah, that's a slam I, dunk right there. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't see that guy or hear that name without <laughs> thinking, uh, I eat pieces of like you for breakfast. Oh, yeah. You eat I mean, pieces of for <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's truly one of the all-time great sports movies, and like just one of those ones you could watch it all the time. If it's on, you gotta watch. You know, you wouldn't if it's just on cable TV. You're, you're leaving that on. You're probably gonna finish it off wherever you're at. But um, yeah, infinitely rewatchable movie. Uh, Happy mm. Gilmore for sure. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I don't get a lot of the basil. You get a little bit of lemonade for sure, but it's the strawberry that really hits and uh, the. I'm looking at the ingredients, and strawberry puree is actually one of the ingredients. So you know, it's pretty hearty fruit flavor. So uh, yeah, if you're into something like that, the Shooter McGavin Signature Sour from Backcountry Brewing, uh, pretty pretty legit, I think. And and you guys couldn't hear it now, but uh, in the post processing, the the folks at home would have heard uh, the sweet sounds of the chocobo. In, in in my in my quote there so <laughs> it's great i i i, I i'm almost uh wanting to, obviously we're doing pokemon so i don't think i've been that much cursing but uh i would i kind of want to swear words to hear that more of that chocobo sound just yeah we'll, we'll <laughs> see how many times we can get david to, to have to edit that in it's really good i mean david's well, gonna be smashing might... he's gonna be smashing that button the next time neil's on because neil's always uh <laughs> try, talking like a sailor but well, I'm I'm dreading the the show that James is on because uh, oh my gosh, yes, I'll, I'll have to have the the cut and paste ready to go on that one. So yeah, well, if whenever Yakuza Seven comes out, which is the uh, the RPG or the Dragon Quest kind of uh, the turn based battle one, James will have a field day yeah. with that for sure. You'll be like that guy from Happy Gilmore who's like censoring as he's like screaming. <laughs> oh yes. yeah, like when he's like beep beep. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. Yeah, they're they're like in the in the studio, like looking at the footage of Happy. It's great. Yeah, good call. <laughs> and how about you, Casey? Are you uh, are you the other uh, version of uh, Adam Sandler with uh, the H two O? Yeah, yeah. I um, I don't drink often, obviously. So uh, it's, it's, we obviously you'd mentioned the engagement earlier. So it, it on special occasions I do drink from time to time. So I got my fill in Saturday. And I was feeling it for the majority of Sunday. So right now I'm just, I got my, uh, I finished Taking a coffee not too long ago. And yeah, now I'm staying hydrated with some some good old uh, H2O. So I want to know, what did you get into on the Saturday? Were you popping the champagne bottles? What was what was uh, the drink of choice uh, over the weekend? Uh, I keep it classy with my Coors Light. Um, but 
we did uh like there were margaritas and daiquiri mm. mixes and then all sorts of concoctions that yeah I, yeah yeah what a night <laughs> that's what that's what i that, that i'm glad <laughs> to was, hear it and you you had a lot of family around for the event right like it, it's kind of almost like a reunion of sorts a little bit yeah we uh i i ended up um like caitlin's family doesn't live like majority of it lives far away but then there's uh some that are in uh like atlanta so it's not too far of a drive Mm -hmm. so then we ended up um i talked to them and they were able to come out and then we you know got the surprise of uh her family and then some of my family here so very uh, cool yeah it it was good but yeah oh man yeah if you were like how was the first day of being engaged it was like horrible yeah don't don't really remember (laughs) it just remember the headache we, yeah, we were both in the morning, like, and then stupidly we went back to, like, her family was staying at the hotel, but, like, yeah. you know, it was like, oh, no, we're going to hang out, and then we, like, pretty much got there and went to bed, and then woke up at 7 in the morning, like, oh, no, I wish I was home. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, yeah, we, uh, Monday was a holiday uh, in Canada. Uh, Canada. Dave, you have Victoria Day as well, or is that just BC? Uh, that's all of Canada. Well, okay. I mean, mostly. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, most of Canada then. So we had a, we had a holiday on Monday. So we had, uh, we went to my parents' house and, uh, you, Casey, you mentioned margaritas and daiquiris. We, we were blending up some of those as well. Cause we were out in the backyard. It was pretty warm. Uh, we were celebrating a little bit of the, some of the restrictions being lifted in BC. So they've kind of, uh, gone to like a step two phase in the process where um you can kind of expand your little social group a little bit uh you know if you've got some other family members you want to bring in uh as, you know as long as people have been staying safe it's it's pretty good so uh we had a couple of our uh, my mom's cousins came over and some of my sister's friends and so we yeah we were on the daiquiris the margaritas i, I brought i bought a couple of bottles of rum and so that, that was a good time but um okay so david what what have you got for us here uh so I was uh, I was looking for something different, but then my eye caught um, a new Gainsbourg, so I'm going uh, three for three on the Gainsbourg. Oh, jeez, mm. it's four for four, I think actually, four weeks in a row on the Gainsbourg. But if, if you have I one for turn both, it down, did uh, you have one for both F- episode FF seven episodes? You must have. I think I did because, and then I definitely had it for trials because yeah, I, uh, I wanted to stay. Yeah, so I think I went. I think this is four in a row. That's okay. They deserve it. They make good beer. So, <laughs> uh, the one that caught my eye was it's called the uh, the Darling, and uh, it was in like a champagne bottle mm. type looking bottle, and uh, but it's a triple Belgium, uh, and it's uh, an eight percenter. So it was a, uh, it was a good. It's a good. It's a nice summer beer. It's like a. It's it's a triple Belgium, but it's still kind of light tasting like it's not a overly strong hmm. uh it's it's a white uh it's a it's a much uh lighter looking beer so uh yeah i'm uh happy with that purchase and uh i, I might have gone through their entire lineup so i i'll probably have to take something new next week but uh for four straight weeks i'm going with the gainsburg i mean if if you're enjoying it and it, it it was obviously it was on brand for the last two episodes but like um it's in you mentioned your the 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 bottle or the the can looks a little bit like a champagne bottle that yeah. i guess you're you, you were all in the celebrating kc weekend kind of uh, phase here so <laughs> that's that's okay yeah, exactly
it only makes sense that we have uh, an extra long uh, intro with uh, the beer and drink discussion because I, the uh, song that you just heard is uh, a cover of the Pokemon theme um, by a band called uh, Extra Lives Music. They're on YouTube if you want to check them out. They do covers of uh, lots of uh, video games. They're uh, retro game fans. And I uh, actually ended up connecting with them on because of our Gargoyles Quest episode. Um, they were uh, big fans of Gargoyles Quest, and they were uh, uh, giving giving us a hard time about uh, the the extended uh, food discussion. So uh, we had we had a few laughs with them over that, and asked if we could uh, use some of their music, and it just uh, just worked out perfectly that they had a Pokemon cover. So anyone who wants to check out more of their uh, their stuff can head over to YouTube and just uh, search for Extra Lives Music. What's hilarious is that uh, so we they were listening to the episode where we did a crossover with Casey and Perry, and now we're bringing their music onto the podcast uh, during the the next the, the subsequent crossover with the Talk Nintendo podcast. So that uh, that also kind of worked out a little bit too, I guess. I guess the, the nice. big Talk Nintendo fans, we love them. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, bef- we'll start off the uh, discussion about Pokemon. Um, I thought one of the the interesting things about Pokemon back in the day is um, I just remembered like when Pokemon came out. I guess in ninety ninety eight. I guess suppose it was. I I I remember just having the old brick Game Boy, and that was like the love of my life. It was. I took it everywhere I went. Um, I had all the accessories like the uh, the light and the magnifying glass and everything. And, um, it just got me thinking about how, how the physical media, like it was such a big deal back then. And, uh, that I think like part of my affinity to Pokemon now as an adult still stems from those days of, of having that physical game in my hand and, and kind of like being mine. Yeah. I, I, I played the original Pokemon games on a, uh, uh, so to say I got Pokemon blue, my brother had Pokemon red. Uh, I played that on original Game Boy, and I must have gotten a Game Boy Color shortly after. But yeah, ah man, just I, I don't know that I played any Game Boy game as much as I played Pokemon. Like it really was, you know, everyone, every, even people who weren't into games, they all got a, a Game Boy either new or used, or they'd borrow one from somebody. But everyone, everyone my age had this game. Even the even the people that weren't into video games that maybe even thought video games were kind of lame. Uh, and this would be around like 98. I'm trying to think when that would be. So I was, I'd be a 13. So around grade eight, grade nine, and, uh, just entering high school. Like you're, you're it's, it's a funny time. Cause like you are, you're moving into this new school with a lot of older people that you're going to school with now. And you, you want to be, try to be cool. You want to try to fit in. And then there's all of us in grade eight, grade nine, who are bringing our Game Boys to, to school every day. And we're playing Pokemon Blue, uh, you know, between classes or sometimes even during classes. Uh, but uh, man, yeah, what a great time, honestly. Like, you thought the Game Boy was done. And it just is this huge, huge second win for it, right? Yeah, mm. crazy. Well, it's funny. I, I was never really a portable player back in the day. And I remember I went and played with a friend or something, and, and he was like, you gotta check this game out, and he, you know, he had a Game Boy, and we're playing, he had Pokemon Blue, and I remember mm. just, like, like, literally playing it, you know, for however long, you know, like, and I was just instantly hooked. I was like, yeah, I need yeah. this game, and I was like, but the problem is, I also need the system, so it was like, you, you turn to Christmas, you know what I mean? I was like, I need it, and, and I remember got down to the last gift, 
And, uh, you know, I'm like sitting there praying like, please. And, you know, my mom always like wrapped things <laughs> in different boxes to try and throw yes. you off the scent. It's great. You know please, what I mean? Please. Yeah. Please, Jesus. And uh, then I opened it up and there was a, a green Game Boy Pocket and both Pokemon red and blue in there because my mom, she was probably point, you know, case A for Nintendo splitting up. They're like, they're, they won't know which one to buy, so they'll buy both of them. And she was like, yeah, I didn't know which one to get, so I got them both. Yeah, the guy there's like, they, like she asked the guy there, like the salesman, which one of these am I supposed to buy? And the guy's like, well, you actually are supposed to buy both of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you, you know, want your kid to have a decent Christmas, you'd probably get them both. But, you know, if you want them to have some sort of emotional scarring, you know, I guess you can just get them blue and tell them to pick Squirtle. I don't know why that that just reminds me of The Simpsons when when Homer has his two arms stuck in the vending machine. Yes, it's really good. And the guy's like, I'm sorry, Homer, but we're going to have to cut, cut off your arms. <laughs> like, they'll, they'll grow back, right? He goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's just holding on to the can. <laughs> It's so good. Man, what, are a, you still hold- what a great episode, man. point being. Um, they'll grow back, right? So, Casey, it's funny that you got both. Like, I think, I, I know a lot of people that got both as well. I, I think there was something about, you know, wanting to, obviously you wanted to catch them all. That was the whole premise of it. I, you know, just putting myself in your mom's shoes for a second, uh, which is probably not a phrase I expected to utter on this podcast. Um, <laughs> if, if, she, if, <laughs> if she's thinking... I'll wait till Perry's done. If she does that sometimes, I guess. If she, right. If, if she, these are a little too tight. Uh, if she's thinking that she doesn't know which one you want, right? Like it, it makes sense kind of to buy both. Like, oh, if I don't want to get my son red and he really wanted blue, but if she gets both of them, no matter what, you're going to be happy with that, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure there's some people that did that, just returned the one that, uh, that, that their son or daughter didn't want. You know that that's fine too, but... Um, yeah, I, I got this game, yeah, pretty sure we got it at launch. Like, there was a funny thing about uh, Pokemon. It came to North America t- about two years after it had already launched in Japan. So there for a, for some people who were kind of following it, like I was an avid uh, reader of Nintendo Power. You know, I, was con- I wasn't a huge portable player either, Casey, but uh, I had a Game Boy and I, w- I was really ready for this game to come out because I'd been kind of prompted by... Um, by Nintendo Power, people talking about this game. Maybe I don't know if I was seeing it on TV, but I knew that there was a uh, a TV show that was coming with the game as well. Like Pokemon Fever was kind of like ready to crash on me. I was already there, so I remember like you know uh, the, the after school the night. I, I think it was uh, maybe a Friday or something like that. After school, we went to Toys R Us. We picked up Pokemon Blue. I think we picked I picked up Blue and Red at the same time, but my brother has a different version of that story, so I know I'm not sure what it is, but. Yeah, I just remember being thrilled going to pick up that game on launch on launch night, and um, the, I guess the rest was history. Like I, I didn't take that game out of my hands for for months and months and months. The uh, the way I ended up getting mine was uh, I was at a hockey tournament somewhere, and uh, it, it must have been extended because my dad or we did something, and my dad had to use the laundromat in the hotel, mm. and he came back and he goes, "I found this blue cartridge. It looks like a Game Boy game." Oh. And uh, it was in the dry- washing machine. Nobody was there. So here. <laughs> that is such a good I'm like, story. That is such a good story. Meanwhile, there's this kid out there telling a story about how he lost his Pokemon Blue <laughs> and all it. the hours he <laughs> invested in it. And David's like, oh, I'll just clear yeah. this file out and start fresh. 
That's yeah. right. Yeah. If anyone's listening right now and you lost a copy of Pokemon Blue in a laundromat, <laughs> you know, please email David. He'll yeah. send you a new one, okay? <laughs> 21 years oh, ago. Oh, man, that's great. Um, Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't. It was, it was funny. It, it, I, I'm sure my dad rude that day because I, after that, I... When I found out you had to have the red to get to, yeah, catch, catch them all. Them, yeah. He had to, I made them buy me red. And then, uh, then the, uh, when Pokemon Yellow came out, that's actually how I got a Game Boy Color because mm-hmm. I wanted the put the, uh, Pokemon Yellow, um, branded like the, the one that's specific, like, like the, the yellow Pikachu Game Boy, one. which yeah, is, yeah. I still own, yeah, I still own the Pikachu. Uh, I don't, I don't have my red and blue anymore. I don't know what happened yeah. to them, but I got, uh, I still got my yellow and I still got my yellow Game that's Boy. That's a great, that's a great Game Boy too. And the funny thing about the Game Boy, you know, it, you know, it, it's, it speaks to a time when Nintendo made consoles that were absolutely built to last. You know, you, there's that famous Game Boy that survived out of Desert Storm or some, some war, mm-hmm. some, some soldier took it to war and it came back, you know, after being bombed and it was still, I think they could still make it function in some way. And I'm like, it, it's yep, just it's in New York City console. on display. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw it when I went to uh, the uh, Nintendo store there. And yeah, it's just such a, a, a you know, these games, uh, or they, these these consoles, these Nintendo portable consoles, like, if you find one in your attic, you find one when you're cleaning up one day, like, it's probably going to work. You know, you throw some batteries in, it's probably going to be okay. I think that's what, uh, such a really great thing about the Game Boy, is no matter what you did with it, it was good. It was no going to be okay, parts. right? It, it's just super durable. Yeah, and it's... Uh... I kind of, when I was doing a little bit of research, I just thought it was uh, interesting that the the consoles, and it makes sense that the, the portable consoles kind of started to lose their popularity around, like, the smartphones coming mm-hmm. out, which which makes total sense. Like, I know lots of kids are playing mobile games and such, and um, Poor little not idiots. those parents that allow that, but... Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, they should they should have a... Uh, I, I'll, oh, David's the day a big I die, fan of, of mobile games. You need a controller in your hand. That's that's how I. Yeah, touch screens. Touch screens are for the birds. I mean, it's not if it's, if it's a touch screen that has a built-in controller around it, like a 3DS. Okay, or a DS. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, Perry. What was I? I'm thinking you you might have been too young for blue, red, or yellow to be your first Pokemon game. It was my first actually because I had older brothers. Oh, my old and really, you know, my I'd say. One of the only games I can know my my oldest brother uh, that he played. I remember him playing it with my neighbor, his neighbor, best friend in in our room. I shared, and I remember them. They had a Super Nintendo with a Super Super Game Boy playing yes, Red on the yes. TV. That's great. And um and they loved the game. And I just remember like sit, like sitting like I had the bunk bed on top and just like looking down at them playing. You know, and it's uh, like instantly like you know just the whole gameplay loop of that game of like <gasps> like you you like you get a catch like these monsters and each one of them is like unique and like you actually have to catch them. Then you get to name them and then you train them. And that, that's so obviously like that is so simple and, and, and it made sense to six year old Jerry, you know? So it's like that, that idea sounds like so much fun. And I, I remember playing through like finally, like I, you know, when he had gotten like when he was done with it, I, I finally made my own game on it um, and played through it. And I just remember like I actually, it's hard to explain, but like right now, I I loved training. You know, obviously, every everyone loves to, I like obviously, I like to train. Like you know, you want to meet and fight every trainer so you can get the yes. most experience points and all that, right? 
And I just remember when I was little, I didn't like to do that. Like I actually like <laughs> played through the game, avoiding as many battles as possible. And I remember, oh yeah, it's just because I just didn't want to. I was like, no, no, I just want to beat the game. I don't want to face these trainers in my way. I don't know why. Stupid. Were you trying kid. to catch all the? Pokemon but I remember beating. Well, no, nope. I just mm. wanted to beat the game. Okay. And I, I remember I beat it, like doing that. And I remember buying. Just doing it with like max potions and stuff, and I remember like riding in the car to Minnesota, like like beating it. And I remember I was I was uh, I I remember like literally like laying, like being so 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 happy beating it. Uh, the 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 uh, final or whatever are they called final four? Yep, elite four, the elite four. Yeah, yep, 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 elite four. Sorry, yeah. Little and did so, we know, uh, Perry I was remember, a, a I remember playing speed that. runner uh, at a very young age, and so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't right. think of another reason why. Yeah. I, 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 Perry, I'm glad you enjoyed playing it that way. I've never really heard of someone doing that. Not, I can see. Like, I know not it's wanting, weird. Not wanting to I, battle. I freely admit, I want to catch them all. But yeah, no, it's it's good, man. Like I think that speaks to yeah. one of the really special things about Pokemon is that you can play it so many different ways, right? If you want to, you know, run to the right. run to the Elite Four and beat them as quickly as possible, just get the eight badges and go. If you want to catch 150 Pokemon, if you want to max everyone to level 100, you can do all of those things. I think that's well, a really great yeah. thing about and it. Also, like the for sure, and, and then I, I remember like someone in high school, um, we we uh, did the you know we we battled on on like probably black and white. I, yeah. I'm guessing, or maybe it was earlier than that, maybe one before that. But I remember playing him, and then he had just one Pokemon hmm. that he would use. One big ball you know, Pokemon? He, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is crazy. You know, like, he was at level 70, but I was I had, like, six level 40s, and I still beat him. You know what I mean? Cause just I, chipping I just away. Because I just played to the weakness and stuff. But I thought that was interesting, too, because I think a lot of people, I'm assuming a lot of people do that, too. Yeah, I mean, when when I was playing Pokemon Blue in high school, and I was challenging some people in my grade or some people a little bit younger than me, I mean, I had a level 100 Mewtwo. Like, and, you know, unless you also had a level 100 Mewtwo, no one was going to, you. no one would stand a chance against you, right? Like, he was the be-all, end-all Pokemon in that game. Like, you could have the legendary birds and, you know, the, the Articuno, Zapdos, Moltres, that'd be helpful too. But if you didn't have a super strong Mewtwo, or you didn't agree to, like, not use your Mewtwo's in battle, that that was it, right? Like, you'd shut anybody down at that point. And so... Uh, I I almost felt a little bit bad, you know. Not not I wasn't taking anyone's lunch money or anything like that, but I think I was <laughs> bullying some of the kids who were just trying to play for fun. And here comes Jordan, you know, big big Nintendo master here. He's got his level one hundred Mewtwo, and no one no one stands a chance against I just, him. You know? I just <laughs> you pulled a Johnny Metz on him. I was gonna say I just yeah pictured Jordan rolling around high school, seeing some kids in the corner, like they all scramble except for one. And he's yeah. like, hey, you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he pulls out his link cable. He's like, oh, no, he threw Mewtwo out there first. And then he's able to somehow overcome Jordan's Mewtwo. But little did that kid know, Jordan bought six copies of the game, and he had six <laughs> Mewtwo's waiting in line for him. I mean, the only <laughs> chance was if you fr- if you used an ice move and Fools. you froze them if you froze them solid right like it, unless you and it, i think it's about a 10 percent chance or something like that if if ice beam or uh blizzard will freeze your pokemon so that wasn't that wasn't a good chance of that happening but then if you did that with mewtwo and it took a long time to get to level 100 right you had to fight the elite four many many times to do that but i i had you know a, a legendary birds level 100 probably had a blastoise uh, as well if you had maybe, an alakazam dude Oh, Alakazam. That, that was my Gengar boy. Gengar, too. Yeah, they were they were really good. Um, Dude, yeah. Psychic. 
Yeah, yeah. But if you if you said the game, I think the game was really fun. If you said, okay, no legendary Pokemon, you know, you can go with your starters. You can, yeah, Alakazam, Gengar, uh, Hypno I liked because it could put people to sleep. Like, there were a lot of cool and fun Pokemon to use. And for me, battling was a big part of that game. Like, I I probably put so many hours into Pokemon Blue that with it, by the time Yellow came out, which is a couple of years later, I, I was pretty much done with the game. Like, I, I didn't have any interest in going back to it. Um, I, I don't know. Was anyone else like that, that they played a bunch of blue or red and, and then yellow mm. wasn't, wasn't very appealing. Yeah. I actually, I never went back and played yellow, um, until it was re-released on the 3ds a couple years ago. And I that's played when I played that. it. Yeah. But no, I, I played the original and, and like you, I, I played the ever living crap out of that game. Um, yes, yes, I, maybe. you know, I had all 150, uh, I, I got Mew with my friends, uh, game shark or game genie, whatever it was. But yeah, battling was huge because eventually my brother caught on and then my neighbors. So essentially like my brother's like five years older than I am. And then my neighbors were one year older than me and then four years older than me. So we're all, you know, more or less within a pretty close range. And at one point, everyone had Pokemon. We're all leveling up, all constructing these, like trying to construct these amazing teams. And I remember, yeah, my brother had a a Chansey or Chauncey, whatever it is, and, and like he was such a son of a gun because they'd come out and heal all the Pokemon, you know, and you'd be yeah, like, yeah. ugh. Chansey was really so hard to catch, fun. but if you had one, it was super powerful, yeah. It, 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 Wait, it had what, the most HP in the do? game, right? Healed everyone? Chansey yeah, had like a, boiled. yeah, like an an egg healing move. Um, and then essentially, like, because he'd have he'd have Alakazam and then that and then a couple others. And then, yeah, like anytime he got low, that Chansey'd come out and be like, well, let me just patch things up real quick. Mm-hmm. Chansey. Yeah, Chan- Chansey was Chansey you know, was you, really strong. You kind of brushed over it, which I think one of the coolest and most fun memories is just the, how, like Mew being the OG, like legendary, like, like I, you know, the the all of the rumors going of how you get yes, them yes. and how can you get him, and and I, I believe like. As far as I know, it was distributed like at like Toys R Us, like when yep. it released, and that's the only way to get it or something. Is that I, right? I went to a tournament somewhere in the states. Maybe it was in Seattle or Bellingham or something, just south of me. I went with some buddies from school, and we entered this tournament. And one of the incentives was that everyone who participated would get Mew added to their game. So that's how I got a copy of Mew. Um, but some of the some of the rumors about how you could get them were even Jordan, better. Jordan, like, don't lie, dude. <laughs> you yeah. saw that little kid in in high school, and you beat the crap out of him and stole his Mew right off I his took, game. I, t- I took his Mew, yeah. I <laughs> took his Game Boy. I forced him to put the link cable in. You know, yeah. Do it. He's like, uh, no. And you saved over his save file. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the ultimate punishment: three hundred hours down. <laughs> yeah, the and afterwards, just insult to injury. <laughs> the the best. I think that mm-hmm. one of the best, or the rumor that I heard the most, was that if you use strength. On the truck near the SSN, yep. you could you could get the Mew would be behind the truck or something like that. You had to beat the game, you had to collect all 150, and then you go back to the SSN and you push the truck over with strength on a Pokemon, and, and then and Mew that's would be Mew, behind yep. it or something. Yeah, it, yeah. it's that, so that, I like that one a lot. Yeah. It, it's so funny that like that was definitely a, a big time, and at least for me, it was like the real first playground talk game you know of For course sure. like yes, I, yes. like i can think oh, of yeah. other games like uh like if you press b right at the right moment when you throw a pokeball yep, it becomes yep, a that master was a good ball yeah yeah 
and and like for me there's other games like i talked to people about but that was like you know obviously it sort of came and and blew up right everyone was into pokemon so to have everyone in the school playing it yeah everyone's trading the rumors and uh just totally a, a, a time you know a sign of the times you know obviously now it feels yeah. like you know everything before it comes out and like there is no true surprise you know but with with those games back then it was fun to just sort of get caught up into it and then then the whole well, missing and, number thing you know and, like no all that great yes yes yeah well and i gotta say like it's kind of amazing because it was a brand new thing and it's not like this thing with like 20 of these monsters or 50 even but 150 like completely different some of them obviously connected but really just total spectrum of the animal world but just in pokemon monster form monsters it just gave everyone like everyone had their favorite pokemon yes you know whether it be like the 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 three but there was you know then there's those really weird offshoots and there's so many cool ones but then there's like see this is the difference between pokemon and like for me like Yu-Gi-Oh or like digimon is like in digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh, every single monster looks like it's like the coolest thing ever like it has a sword and it'll cut It'll cut through a diamond, and it's <laughs> insane. Like it just looks absolutely insane. But then, like in Pokemon, you have you have that. Like you have Scyther, you have you have Charizard that looks so cool. Gyarados, Gyarados. Gyarados. But then you, but then you have Oddish. You know, you have Oddish, uh-huh. and you have Jigglypuff. Oh, yeah, and you have Bellsprout. Exactly. Like you, you wanted to get those. Yeah, they're so cute and charming. Right. They're super great. simple. I- I- exactly. And then, like, you have you know the digital, you know, Polygon, like it's or po- Porygon, yeah. like the the coolest. You know what I mean? And then like all these different, you know, the weird like Lickitung and yeah. like you know ta- Tangela or whatever. It's yeah. just crazy. So what what I really <laughs> like, I just love how there's so many. What was really cool for me about the game is that all, all there was so much promotion, so much merchandise around it too. So you had the the anime that was coming onto TV. Like my friends and I, we rushed home every day after school, probably for a year to watch that show. Yes. We did not miss it. It was oh, an, so it was good. appointment television. And the the hilarious thing is, I don't even know if the show was all that great, but we were just so interested in Pokemon that we wanted to see what was going to happen to Ash. And, you know, it's and, very interesting. Inevitably, right? every episode ended yeah. the same way with Team, Rost- Team Rocket blasting off, as David alluded to. But it wasn't just that. Uh, there were toys. There were stuffed animals. Uh, Burger King had a great promotion where they had Pokemon toys. And I swear, these were the, some of the best toys to ever come from a fast food restaurant, right? They came in Pokeballs. Oh, yeah. They came in Pokeballs in bags. So you could not see which one you were going to get. So that was already awesome. It was kind of blind bagging it, right? Uh, they had a couple that were like stuffed animals. Zubat was one of those. They had these like spinning top ones. I think Golem was one of them. They were so much fun. They had, I think they had ones that li- they uh, they lit up as well. Like it might have been a Pikachu where his tail lights up or something like that. Um, but my dad to this day he was using these Pokeballs as Christmas ornaments. Like we we held on to these toys, and they, it was just such a kind of fun reminder of. Just that that insane Pokemon craze of the late '90s, like so oh, many was, people so were into. You it? were into some facet of it, right? Whether it was the show or the games or the merchandise, but everyone was on cards. Board. The baby. card game, yeah, exactly. Oh my god, yeah, the traded card game is. I I uh, I'm still like my kids are have are still in the Pokemon trading card game yeah, now, yeah. and that I got it. I got into it when it first came out around that time, and then. Uh, I kind of lost, lost interest. Though, like 
for a period there and then got back into it a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it's just it's a great franchise and that it has that it has that strength where that those first I mean to cool like you know at its core it was a video game but then it just grew outside of it's like it's kind of like a plant that outgrows the pot that it's in you know yes, and yes, it was just sure. like it has it, like the TV show was unbelievably cool and awesome and it was like with it worked with the game and That's, then the trading yeah. cards and they were all unique, but they all combined together. And so that's yeah. how you get to learn all 151 Pokemon and how why these kids are so obsessed with it. So I, I, I just was, yeah, I was going to go a, piggyback thing. along with the TV show being the fact that it was so closely tied into the game. It you saw yeah. the same characters you saw in the game, you saw the same places, and, and like that's why I was interested in it. You know what I mean? Like it was. It was one big breathing living world and you got to see this and then you got to go play in it and sort of when you're playing, right, obviously first generation Pokemon on Game Boy, it's not a a beautiful game, you know what I mean? I I think for what the Game Boy was, like they did a nice job with the sprites and stuff and like some cool, you know, uh, definitely some cool sprites for the Pokemon, but yeah, yeah. it was very minimal, right? So to be able to see the anime where it's like, oh, I've been there. And it looks just how I imagined it would look, you know. And yeah, and obviously, you couldn't, you couldn't, yeah, you couldn't wait. You couldn't wait yeah, to see your favorite characters true, on on TV or even the Pokemon movie. The first movie that came out was a big deal because yep, it basically I saw it showed theaters. off. So did I, and it basically showed off like all of the Pokemon from the game were in that movie. So you got to see all of your favorite characters kind of all together or all like you know, kind of brilliantly animated. You know, yeah, it's such a cool time. And they didn't they bang you with like a, if you bought a ticket you got like a Mewtwo like holograph card or, or some yeah, Pokemon was, holograph you're card. Right. There was it was the, it was like the uh, Pikachu. There was like a Pikachu uh, promo card. So and then that's that. then all promo of a sudden Pikachu. now you had to go like you already you wanted to, to see the movie but now you had to you know what I mean yeah. and 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 oh. I think they did that with Detective Pikachu also. I think yep. Yeah, we yeah, detective yeah. Pikachu yeah. themed Pokemon cards. Yeah, we so, went and we got some of them which is too. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got Nerd. some. I think the big thing for me, <laughs> I think the big thing for me is how like Pokemon really is a classic turn-based RPG yeah. that that's just kind of hidden. Like you don't even like a lot of p- kids and and don't even realize that they're playing a, a very traditional style RPG and not even realizing. It. Yeah, but it, yeah. It's an amazing okay. RPG, yeah. I was going to say, and for me, I'm, like, I've tried to rack my brain if I really played RPGs before that point. So, 1998, I am, like, eight or nine years old, depending on the time of the year. So, I feel like at that point, like, I've already, had, like, I'd played, you know, like, games like Link to the Past, you know, you know, mm-hmm. sort of an action RPG, sort of, you know, um, maybe a little Same more like adventure game, view, but... Top-down view. yeah. And but like I can't think of like you know I wasn't playing Dragon Warrior at that point you know I wasn't playing you know more traditional RPGs so this you know for me it might have been really the first uh, foray into the genre definitely the first one I I went you know head head over heels for kind of thing or heels overhead i'm i'm pretty sure david had played the whole SquareSoft yeah. catalog by the time he got to Pokemon <laughs> oh yeah I'm wrong, David <laughs> yeah I. I, I've, yeah, I, well, I had played through Final Fantasy, like the original, yeah. for sure. Uh, I, yeah, and Dragon Warrior, and like, there was a bunch of NES, um, RPGs I had played before that. Um, I, I didn't own 
a, a Super Nintendo at the time, though, so I didn't get into the all, all the great Super Nintendo RPGs before Pokemon, yeah. but I kind of went from the NES RPGs on to the, uh, the Game Boy... Uh, Game Boy was that, that's so almost a smaller it, it a smaller a, leap, yeah. right? Because they the just like Pokemon's a little bit more simplified. So too were the eight uh, bit uh, RPGs that you probably would have played. Like I I came into Pokemon having played I'd already played Final Fantasy four six uh, you know Secret of Mana um, if, uh, if you know dozens of Paper Mario or Super Mario RPG like just a ton of RPGs that the Super Nintendo had. I played all of those before I got to Pokemon, so I was already really well seasoned. So to me, like Pokemon was a really easy game. Like I, I didn't find a lot of difficulty in it. That didn't make it less fun though, because there was the, I, I think what really held my attention was the fact that you could trade and battle with people, right? Like it was such a social community, game. community. Yeah. Social game is exactly it case. Like it, it compelled you. It, it forced you to want to do that. It was great. Like you, maybe you weren't super into playing RPGs with other people, but now you really benefit from and you get so much enjoyment from playing this game, not as a solo experience, I think. I'm not saying you can't enjoy it that way, but it's designed to be played socially, right? Tell and all it, those know, people you... that had both copies and were trading totally. to each other themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, those nerds. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like, yeah. I, I know people that did that, but you you had to have two Game Boys and the Link Cable to do that. So, like, I, I guess, you know, more power to you if you had all that equipment, but... I mean, I, I bought a link cable. Uh, eventually, all my friends got the game and we just started trading back and forth. And like it was a yeah, just a huge way for us to spend time playing games together, even though when we went back to playing them, we might have been playing the game solo. But we were all talking about it and engaging with this game. Yeah. it, it And like you said, and just Good sort of point. doubling back on it, just having like all-encompassing because with the trading card game obviously you get into the pokemon you know actual game and then you start branching out and i remember like fourth grade everyone was playing the trading card game and like you said like the just the the trading like that thinking back to it now like how cool would it be to have somebody like oh i got all these like this is pretty cool but i got an extra one let's see what i can turn this into you know what i mean and and again it just has people oh and i remember I remember during recess there was we pulled it we were there was a trade on the table and I was like I don't know and then we had to go back to class I mean this is fourth grade you know what I mean so it's like one class throughout the whole day and I remember I really decided high, really high stakes yeah I remembered I was like I'm gonna go <laughs> through with this trade but I can't wait until afterwards so I remember like doing the walk by and like dropping the card on the kid's desk when I was going <laughs> to the, and like probably thinking I was sly and the teacher was like no 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 like what are you doing dude. Casey, I think you're lucky you didn't become a drug dealer. That's yeah, yeah. It sounds like you were getting some practice in there for a different, different uh, pastime. Different maybe hobby. that's why. Maybe that oh, was did, the Jordan. start. You know, it was <laughs> he like a drug he's dealer. really bad at this. Maybe you should try something else, Casey. I mean, to be fair, Pokemon cards in the game were a type of drug. I think a lot of us would have uh, might have agreed with something like that. I, I remember <laughs> Pokemon cards being banned in schools around the time when they came out because everyone in grade school was playing that game. Or you know, bringing the cards out and not really focusing on their on their studies or focusing on their classes. So I I don't know about high school level, but I know at elementary school the card game was banned from a lot of schools near me. Yeah, I I don't know if they were like they were definitely not you know, I don't know if we ever got to banned territory, yeah. but I definitely know it was like a, a point of contention. Like what's going on here? Well, you got you, yeah. The only thing I remember getting banned was. Uh, when the Pog, I don't know oh, if you guys God. are old enough. Oh, for the Pog, Pogs! Uh, yep, I played Pogs. And, yeah, 
And uh, the only Little thing pods. that got banned was eventually they started making um, steel Ninja Star pods. Oh, yeah. The Slammers. <laughs> the and, Slammers. Yes, and those those got, those got ended up getting banned because um, every recess would result in us like throwing them at each other. And, oh, you, you could so, take uh, a person's <laughs> eye out with those. Those were heavy, man. <laughs> yeah. Man. We did pogs a lot of stupid so things when we were kids. Lame. So. The, the, How lame are Pogs? <laughs> Perry, I've got the one good Pog for you, and that was 7-Eleven would give away Nintendo or Mario Kart themed Pogs. I think if you bought like a certain amount or if you you could even just like add them to whatever uh, whatever you were purchasing at 7-Eleven and you could get like a pack of, I think it was Mario Kart themed Pogs. So those are really cool. Like I was eager to collect all those, but David will like this and Casey too. The the pogs I bought the most of were these NHL blind bag pogs. So you got like five plus a slammer in a bag. I must have spent like all of my pocket money, all, all of my money. like <laughs> all of my newspaper money. I, I I delivered newspapers for a little while. I spent all the money on those stupid blind bags. Like I I don't even know why. Like we're just collecting all these pogs. I had so many duplicates and everything. And the slammers they gave you were garbage. Like. It's just everyone was it was just a craze, right? Everyone was in, like Pokemon. Everyone was into that for a period of time. W- you know, whether it was stupid or not, everyone did it, you know? So you jumped off that bridge too. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's funny. Yeah. I still don't really understand well, I, it, with Pogs. I mean, do you just you, you slam them and then they flip upside down and then They flip. Then you lose those. Then ones. you're supposed to keep them. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a game. There is a game behind it, but I think for for us, it was just about collecting them. I mean, so you that, could play a game. Yeah, exactly. I would say even the same thing with um, the trading card game. It's like mm-hmm. I could probably count on my one hand how many times I actually tried to play like a, a Pokemon trading card yeah, game. You know, it was just yeah, no yeah, one collecting. Yeah, that's you know? true. It was a collecting thing, yeah, for sure. I think the game's yeah. actually pretty fun. Like, I, I played it a couple times when I when, when it first came out, and I did enjoy it, but I, I guess people, everyone who I was around was really more into the video game itself, and so I didn't have a lot of people to play with, but yeah. I think it is a pretty fun game, and obviously it's got staying power because kids are still playing it today, right? Even even at a competitive level. Well, I, uh, I teach top well, before the pandemic, or I was uh, teaching a course at, at a school, for like at, during lunch period where kids would come in and play. And it was funny because the kids would come in and they had, um, they weren't really supposed to bring their own cards, but they would anyway. And they have like the album full of cards. Yes, yes. And I'm like, okay, so you know how to play. And they're like, yep, yep. And they pull out the cards, they start playing. I'm like, you, you're not, you're not playing at all. Like, th- that's not the rules. <laughs> they had no idea how to actually play the game. So, so we ended up, um, I think we got about five or six weeks in before, before uh, everyone got sent home, but. Um, yeah, just to go, it, it was funny to see like how they were playing at the beginning where it was just kind of, uh, chaos where they were just making up their own rules and then to, and then, but they were still having like, I, I think they were having more fun by the end when they were actually playing by the real rules. So it, it was fun to, to see that evolution. And there, I've so. been teaching English all these years when I could have been teaching Pokemon cards. I don't know what the heck I'm doing yeah. with my life. This is yeah. really <laughs> Pogs, Pogs 101. You need to make some changes. I had to go and get a master's degree. Yeah. David just walks into a random school and he starts teaching Pokemon cards. So I, <laughs> I really need to reconsider my life choices here, I think. <laughs> but uh, just for that, that connection to kids, like I know you guys, like your kids are probably a little too young so right now for video games and such, but... Um, like my, my kids are at the age where they're really into video games and, uh, but they're too young for RPGs. 
But even now, like both my son and daughter today, they were playing Pokemon uh, Shield. Mm-hmm. And um, my uh, daughter was uh, ecstatic that she had uh, caught the, um, it was the end boss of Shield. I'm trying to think of the name. It was like the octopus looking Eth- yeah, Ethereum. Yeah, I, I know or, the one you're talking like about. When yeah. they, He's like all black or something. Yeah, I can't think of the, yeah, yeah like it, it's like black and purple. And I, I can't remember its actual name, but um, her and Hop. Uh, were like right before the battle with Leon or something. They they got to call the the Sword and Shield Pokemon to help them fight this other yeah, Pokemon, right, and she right. yeah, and she, and she used the Gigantamax Pokeball to catch this this uh, final boss, and uh, and and uh, like the, she got there for all her on her own, like from beginning to end, like she she made it through the entire game and uh, was really proud of herself. And I just and I'm just sitting there thinking like, oh, this is the beginning. This is this is RPGs. It's mm. it's it's getting it. It's hold on. You're like, just I mean, stay it, away it's... from Jordan. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He'll crush your well, hopes yeah. and dreams. <laughs> yeah. My, so the Pokemon's name is Etern Eternatus or Eternatus. Yeah. Yeah. That's you it. Can, you yeah. can tell her mine's a level 100, so she probably doesn't want to come anywhere near my team. But um, <laughs> it, it. It, it's it's amazing that it's held this addictive quality for you know, 20 years, right? Like more than 20 years now. And I, regardless of whether we as adults look at this series and want more changes, I think to kids just getting into it now, it still has that same quality, that same magic that the original games had. And I think that a large part of why the series hasn't changed is because every entry that comes out is going to, is, is trying to bring new fans in, right? And that's how they keep the series growing. It, they might lose some of the people who started all, all the way back at Blue because they wanted something different or wanted more variety. You know, I know I know there's people our age that have probably fallen off from playing Pokemon and just see it as a kid's game series. But for for every person that falls off, I bet you there's two uh, that, that are kind of like David's kids that are really, really excited about this game. Um, David, I meant to ask: Do your do your kids know about the DLC coming? Are they are they excited about that? Have you told them about that? No, no, I haven't. I haven't told them about okay. it. Or, uh, Keep, keeping yeah, it quiet. So <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, okay. So, uh, I, I, there's no way to say this without sounding sleazy. But how do I contact them and tell them that there's a DLC coming, just to spite you? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine that that'll be a really cool thing for them to be like, oh hey, like they they're feeling like they finished the game or they've played so much of it. And, and, you know, if you decide to pick up the DLC for them, if they're still into the game, they're going to be like, oh, you know, there's whole new islands for them to visit. Like, I, like we didn't have any feelings like that growing up. You know, our we, there was no DLC for our Super Nintendo games or for our uh, Game Boy or DS games, right? Like, whatever you bought was what you had. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. Like, you know, DLC isn't necessarily a wholly good thing. But for a kid who's enamored with Pokemon Shield or Sword to know that there's going to be this the the game is going to open up again after they think they've beaten it. If you told me the same thing was going to happen for Pokemon Blue, I, I would have kissed you. Like I would have been thrilled with that to know that oh if you, you finish Pokemon Blue, okay we're going to the next region. You know it's, it's an extra twenty dollars. You just you just add it on top of your original Game Boy somehow. I don't know, and you're you're going to get another 30, 40 hours out of this game. You know thirteen year old me would have you know would have pissed his pants i would have been so happy right like come on like but, but kids are still getting to experience that now i think it's really yeah. cool yeah I, t- I totally agree i i definitely will pick it up for them because i know uh i know they're really into it i like my son he's um uh, he really enjoys it but he's he's uh, 
really uh, taking advantage of the fact that uh, I review video games and he's every time a new one hits a switch that's he's he's got to play yeah. it unless he's told the unless it's something like um hunt down that I just downloaded <laughs> yeah. and and he definitely is not allowed to play it. <laughs> yeah but draw, uh, draw the line yeah, but yeah my god draw the line yeah and um but yeah I'm gonna know my daughter uh, I think she'll be really happy because yeah. that th- this is kind of her game right now on switch mm-hmm. like yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's what she's into. And, and the progression that she can see is, is really motivating her, motivating her to keep going. So. I, I love that. I just, I love that story. Like I, I look forward to introducing my son to this game, right? Like he, he'll be three in August. You know, we play a little bit of Yoshi's Crafted World. He, he doesn't really play him a lot. I, I mostly just like, you know, throw him on my back or just suck him up with Yoshi's tongue and carry him through the stage or whatever. But like, he loves just seeing it. He loves doing, he loves jumping and getting some coins. And, um, I've even, I just, I, I made a YouTube video of the stages that we played and now he just watches the video sometimes, uh, in animal crossing, <laughs> he, awesome. he wake, he wakes me up every morning now at like seven o'clock. Like I want, I want to sleep till like eight or nine, but there's no chance of that anymore. So he'll wake me up at seven and be like, Oh, you know, uh, he wants to do fishing, he wants to do fishing. Cause he knows in animal crossing, he, he loves the fishing kind of mini game that you do, right? He loves the little fish and the big fish and the little game when they are circling around before you pull them up. Like, so that's like, he doesn't want to do it necessarily, but he loves watching it. So he's, he's consuming these games kind of, uh, at a distance, I suppose, but he's getting really into it. And so I can't wait to show him a game for, you know, for him to get a little bit older and play more games and for him to get into something like Pokemon, you know, that, that really sparked a, a you know, 20 year love, uh, of, of a series, you know, like I, I, I consume every Pokemon game that comes out. Like I don't love all of them, but like. I'm always going to be interested and looking out for the next one. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up, and order again. This is the last call for alcohol. Get going. Yeah, and uh, our last call this week is kind of um, on in the same vein of... Uh, because I just remember back in the day when I was a kid, like I said, the the Game Boy having the Game Boy itself and having like all the games and the and the cases and uh, just kind of owning that that system, like it, it leaves you with with a nice feeling like of having the ownership. And I know that digital games, like every year, it just seems like digital is, is overtaking physical. And um but it, I had this funny conversation with my son the other day where he, like, he gets an allowance every week and he saved up, uh, about 130 or $140. And, and, um, my wife asked him, like, so what are you going to do with all your money? And he's like, well, I'm going to buy this switch and these games. And <laughs> my I just man. Thought, but, but you have a switch. You have a switch and you have, you have some games. And he's like, yeah, but they're not mine. Mm. Like, cause, cause technically, like, the switch is the houses, you know, like we have two switches, but they're not. Like I play it or he plays it and yeah. like we share it and stuff, but, but he wants his own, like his own switch that he can take to, to take to his room and be like, this is mine. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Can't blame him, man. Nope. Then I know, I know That's Perry's the king of physical jerk. copies. So I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Perry's the one to talk about this because Perry, you, you collect physical copies of games, right? Like you have a huge library. Like what, what do you think about this? Like oh. movement oh. towards digital and you're, well, yes. you're still collecting all these physical. He games. hates it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I do hate it. I do hate, like, especially, like, Animal Crossing being the, like, the the most recent example of a game that's released and then it's really changed, 
like I did get it because because we got two copies, right? And I got mine digital, and I got one for Jill mm-hmm. and on her Switch, and so I got that physical because she doesn't. That, that's what she wanted, and so. But the thing is, it's like you know, in ten years or fifteen years or whatever, like returning back to the game, like let's say you know, if you don't have your update on your Switch, then you're not going to have all the updates that come out for that game. That you know what I mean? I just, mm-hmm. it's how everything's turning into. Um, a service type thing is really interesting, but I, you know, like I, like I've, I talk to Casey all the time. It's like, even if an, another game wasn't made for the rest of our lives, I would be playing games until I died with what I have. So <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I was definitely always in the camp of like, I need to get the physical, you know, and even I've definitely laxed on it now. Um, especially, you know, doing reviews and some, you know, the games media kind of thing, you know, obviously has shifted to just, hey, here's a code, you know, to, to play the game instead of any physical. So it, it was sort of the start of that where it's like games I would get to review like Super Paper Mario. Normally, I'd want that game physical all day long, you know what I mean? But, you know, we, we get the code early, we're doing the review, and it's like, well, I'm not going to, and I remember even thinking like, oh, like I'll go back and I'll buy those games at some point. And then I just like I was like Casey, you're just being absurd, you know, like you're being crazy. So, well, and, and it even like yeah, but that's a, that's from getting a code. Because even think um, like uh, Tales of Vesperia, uh, I just picked that up for twenty bucks digitally on sale. But the first thing I did before I purchased it, I was like, well, let me see how much it is physical, you know. And and, and it was on sale actually; it was only thirty bucks. But then I was like, no, I want to play this game today. I don't want to wait. It's more money. Like, stop being crazy, you know? So I, I've definitely loosened up, and I... Yeah, but you can sell it. I do, no, no, for sure, but that's the thing. It's like, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't sell a Tales game. Like, I wouldn't sell that game. Like, to me, RPGs, like, I don't sell RPGs, you know what I mean? Like, I, I like, if there I are don't. any game that I really like to collect, obviously Nintendo games, you know, generally <laughs> as well. But, like, I love having a big, nice collection of RPGs, so I, that's a game I wouldn't end up selling, but no, I, I know it, it definitely, I think long-term it, it's nice to have the game, but I'm becoming more akin to not having it, especially the way games are re-released, you know, on, on new consoles and stuff. Um, I think a lot of the games will be preserved. There's still definitely the chance they won't be, or you won't be able to play certain games, but you know, at that point I'll, you know, I'll hunt down a copy. So I've got a, yeah. I've got a couple of mixed thoughts about this. Like one is that uh, you know when I was younger, I didn't have obviously didn't have a lot of money, didn't have a, a, a steady job or anything like that. You know, I was still in school, and I would at games that I had, I, I would trade them in at to, to GameStop or EB Games, and I, I would you know I trade three and get a new one, or trade two and get a new one, and so my library would shrink, but I wouldn't be spending my own money on those games, right? I'd just be trading trading games that I got for gifts or something like that. So that was a way of getting new games was trading them in. So I liked that aspect of physical copies back then because it was a way of kind of saving money, I suppose. Um, I, I don't I don't regret doing that. I think it was kind of just just the way that was at that time. But now that I have you know have my own income and a disposable income I can spend on games, I I, I love the idea of collecting physical games. Um, with the funny thing, I mean, Casey, you mentioned it, you know, being in the games media, but getting all these codes, like I, if I'm reviewing a game like Trials of Mana, I'm not going to go out and buy a physical one if I already have the digital one. I I, I still want to be a little bit frugal about it, but uh, 
I if right. if I get if it, RPGs for me are games that I do want to get physically when I can. Like I'm gonna try to pre-order those. If there's some special editions I like, I'm gonna go mm-hmm. for it and just mm-hmm. be like, you know, I I want to have this on my shelf. Um, and then the other part of the other thing I'm thinking about is like we have the ability to play old PC games from like 20 and 30 years ago. And so I, I, I know that the movement toward digital, like maybe in you know, 10 years, things could be different. I I think their preservation is also getting better as well, maybe getting harder, but I think it's getting better. And it, I think there might be a way to play all of these games at some point. You know, I, I, I just think I look at PC and maybe it's easier there to, to maintain old games and to make them to resell them. Uh, you know, with, with Nintendo, it's tougher, but I, I hope that backwards compatibility is embraced more. I hope that Nintendo keeps going back to its back catalog and giving us those games. Like I, I was a little bit disappointed when we found out that, or I think we found out that PS5 isn't going to be fully backwards compatible. And even the PS4 backwards compatibility is a little bit tempered, you know, but I don't know, you look at someone like Microsoft and like, you can play any, almost any Xbox game all the way back to the first gen Xbox on your Xbox One. So there are companies that are trying to preserve, you know, or make you those, those old physical games uh, still still feel new or still feel valuable to you, I guess. So I don't know. It's I, I've mixed feelings about it. Yeah, I'm I, I'm uh, physical first if I can. Um, I was so disappointed <laughs> with um, that I had to buy. Final Fantasy VII Remake digitally. <laughs> yeah. um, it was it was the hardest digital purchase I've ever had to make because I wanted, like, I was kind of like Casey. was like, I want to play this. Dave. I think it was three days before I was like, I'm, shame, I want, the, yeah, you know, I have to play this, like, the, this, the moment it becomes available. Like, it needs to be the second I can buy it. And uh, so I searched online and I just knew there's, like, nobody's going to have this game. Like, all the stores were were locked down there was there was no way to get this game physically so i made the difficult decision to to preload it and um the only good thing that came out of it was that i was able to play at 1201 that night (laughs) (laughs) so so i didn't have to wait until the morning to pick up my game but i i I agree that i think preservation's better in the sense that if i want to play a game it's easier to find a, a digital version of it now it just seems like a lot of the things i I enjoyed playing or are getting re like have copies available somewhere digitally, but uh, I don't know. I just, it, the, there's still this there's the, uh, fun about nice feeling. Yeah. Like when I put a cartridge in and it's almost even just the cartridge part, like, cause I, I still have the feeling a little bit with, with PlayStation games, but it's not quite the same with discs. It, it's, I guess it's the feeling of like putting a cartridge into a console and booting it up and, and uh it just it, and that's why i liked how the switch went back even though it's like almost like an sd card it, like the games it still it feels like a console to me like a or a cartridge um so just pushing it into the switch and and having it physically in your hand and knowing that you know if something happens i'll still be able to play breath of the wild in 10 years you know i if Nintendo something happens and they're like, "Screw this, we're not," you know, you can't download this game anymore. We're shutting down the like. Look at the the Wii. There's a there's already a bunch of games that I kind of wish I'd been able to pick up off the Wii uh, eShop, and now it's gone. And I'll, I'll, I'm sure the Wii U shop will be gone sooner or later. I was so. gonna say there's also, uh, and it's funny because I, <clears throat> this differs from for everyone, even if you are a person who's getting physical copies, but. 
I, you know, I actually enjoy like going down to the store to pick the game up too. For a while, I was doing Amazon because the twenty percent and everything. Um, and then when they changed that, I, you know, I started doing Best Buy and just being able like something about like, ooh, I have to go pick up my new game today. You know what I mean? I got to stop at the store, you know, on the way back from work, or I got to do a little quick run out. Maybe, maybe I'll grab something to eat while I'm there. You know, just sort of having like the you know, not really an event, but like the, te- like, I got to go here, get the game, come back. Then, like you said, then you're ripping the plastic off. You're popping in the system. And, uh, yeah, there, I think there's definitely like the tactile feeling of it all, um, is, you know, something that, you know, as people who grew up, you know, when you had to unbox the cardboard and you, you know, you open up the sides and you slide the game out, you know, like that, that's all, there's something to that. Even for me, like uh, the I I've been going to the same place for yeah, the, the for a couple of years now, and I've gotten to know the people that work at the at the EB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, heck yeah, man! I wish there were more game stores around my around my neck of the woods. Like I I, don't, I guess they did, they shut down or they didn't last all that long. But I loved when I was younger going to the used video game stores. You know the ones that they maybe they rented games. They just had all this all this cool stuff, all this cool merchandise. Like I don't really have anything like that around me. Like I know there's a store in, in Seattle called pink gorilla. I, I like the stuff that they have. It's kind of fun to go there. They have a booth at PAX West as well. Um, but yeah, there's nothing really like that around me. Like it, it's EB games, but they've become really kind of focused on the merchandise side and not as much on the used, uh, not yeah. as much on the used game side. Like I want to go to a store where they've got NES games and they've got Game Boy games. They've got, you know, Atari games, whatever. Like I, I want to see that stuff on a shelf and just kind of browse around and remind myself of all these the games Atari I played. Games. Like I, 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 the, the black Atari cartridges, like I love stuff like that. Like, and I, I don't necessarily have that console anymore. My dad might have it in his garage or something, but like, just that that kind of that kind of nostalgia we don't like you don't really get that as much anymore like a lot of those places it, it, at least around me have shut down yeah i agree already boys would you guys have any uh, final thoughts on uh, pokemon before we wrap up this episode yeah man i i guess just uh, a super fun game like you said although it might be a little more on the basic side especially going back now but i mean if anyone I mean, I feel like everyone's played Pokemon at this point, but obviously you can get them on 3DS, which is really nice and convenient. Uh, but also the Game Boy remakes were, you know, our Game Boy Advance remakes were, you know, top notch. Oh my goodness. Like, Fire Red and Leaf Yeah, Green. like super Whole. fantastic That's ways to play those games. probably one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Totally. Amazing remakes. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice that there are so many ways to play, uh, go, to go through a game with the original 150, 151, right? Like, Let's let's Go allowed you to do that. Even even Pokemon Go, when it started, like it, it was fun to play, be part of that wave of, of people playing Pokemon Go for the first time. Like, everyone was into it, and everyone was, like, indulging in that Pokemon nostalgia all simultaneously. Like, it was a, just one of those really cool phenomenons, you know? Kind of, kind of the opposite of what we're going through right now. Like, Pokemon Go had everybody outside, uh, and now the Pokemon Go is the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> the exact opposite, right? That's right. Yeah, that is exactly, that is so funny. Great summer compared to the... We need an article about that, Jordan. You should write the, an article. The, the Pokemon Go pandemic, I'll do it. Um, anti Pokemon <laughs> that's that's right yeah I mean po- I think I think the original games still hold up pretty well today there's just better ways to play them that, that have modern improvements that's all but you can still very easily go back to the the play the for virtual console versions uh that Casey mentioned and play those on your 3ds like I think that's a really good way to play them too uh, I've got Pokemon yellow I started up a save file a few days ago and started kicking that around again 
Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it. The series is a great introduction to RPGs. It's a great introduction to uh, mechanics that other games would borrow, like it's saying of something like Nino Kuni. Um, uh, uh, what is it? Yokai Watch, like other games that would borrow Pokemon mechanics of trying to collect them all and raising a team of monsters. Like other games would go on to you know, try to replicate the formula to, to varying degrees of success. But it all started here, and I think so many, so many games, maybe so many developers, so many video game players owe what they have now or what they do now to those first moments of playing Pokemon Blue, Red, and Yellow. Like they were. Truly, like you know, pin- the pinnacle of uh, of portable RPG at that point, and yeah, just these kind of genre defining games. I guess like I don't know, they're they're very very special games. Yeah, still fantastic games. Mm. Yep, great. All right. Well, Jordan, why don't you take us out? Yep, sounds good. So uh, another really fun crossover with the Talk Nintendo podcast, fellas. Uh, Casey or Perry, where can we find you guys if we want to uh, get get a hold of your podcast or contact you on Twitter? Where, where where's the best place for people to find you? Well, you're gonna want to pop over. Yeah, Twitter. We are uh, Talk Nintendo Pod. That's Talk Nintendo. P-O-D. Yep, you can find us on all of those podcast services and stuff. Weekly podcast comes out every Thursday, and uh, we're coming up on 200 without missing a week, something we're, we're pretty proud of. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, if you like if you like Nintendi and the occasional Nintendo we do chat about, but, uh, yeah, definitely uh, fun stuff. And if you like... Uh, you know, it begs the question. Yes. Uh, are we going to miss an episode when Casey gets married? Oh, no. I'm not a pansy boy. Okay. You're bringing you're bringing the recording equipment. You're recording. I actually from the venue. might have to insist. I might have to insist that, that Casey, for Pete's sake, go on a honeymoon. <laughs> we will. We'll just time it. I might have to. We'll, we'll leave Wednesday morning and we'll we'll come home Tuesday afternoon. Okay. <laughs> you're gonna have to walk who, me through who, how to post the episode kidding? again. <laughs> Who are we kidding anyway? That the real person we should be asking is uh, Casey's fiance because that's that's who makes the decisions. Yeah, yeah, now. it's all yeah. over for me. <laughs> you know what we'll do, Casey? We'll do like that. We'll do the classic, the episode, and I'll just pull out old sound bites and make it seem like you're on the episode. Classic, that the classic amazing. Perry. That really was amazing. We- dude. Weekend, at, weekend, and I love Casey's. That that, yeah. <laughs> yes, and I totally did that, and people actually thought. See, what we did is I took out old sound bites and I made it sound like he was there and he would butt in with random things, not mm. not going with our conversation. And and then we would react to those things. Anyway, people actually thought he was a jerk. It was the best thing I've ever done. I, I love I'm that. I'm so That's proud of that. Yeah, and it was all not good. even yeah. like so it was Perry's that. computer that screwed up it or was something. It was my fault. It was my fault. Yeah. <laughs> T- typical <laughs> Mac the beauty of it. It's like <laughs> And if you if you can't get enough wing talk, I mean, you're probably going to find your get your fill on the Talk Nintendo podcast these days. So that's that's always a fun one. You guys have a lot of cool guests on the podcast. Justin Nation. Uh, I, I know you had Alex Kalafi on last week who uh, just came out with a new book. So that was cool to hear from Alex. Yep, we just had Neil um, as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Oh, th- that was today, right? Mm-hmm. When you recorded. Yeah, that that's right. Cool. All right. So, yeah, look, look forward to that. Um yeah, so thank you guys for joining us. Uh, for uh, for our podcast, uh, Thirsty Mage, uh, you can uh, find us on YouTube. We've got a YouTube channel where David's uploading, in case you see a lot of uh, uh, gameplay videos, reviews, uh, stuff like that. Uh, I've got a new uh, 
brand spanking new website. Looks really nice. David's uh, going to put uh, some nice finishing touches on that, thethursdaymage.com. Uh, if you've got uh, questions for us or uh, requests for games you'd like us to cover or comments, anything like that, uh, you can email David, david at thethirstymage.com. Uh, of course, our Twitter handle, at thethirstymage, is another good place to look for us as well. Um, if you haven't already, you know, please subscribe to the podcast. We uh, trying to build a uh, really nice uh, kind of friendly community. We've got a Discord channel as well. Um, you can check out, uh, you leave us a review that helps increase visibility of the podcast. That would be awesome. Um, I just posted on NWR TV or uh, NWR YouTube channel uh, a feature on the timelessness of A Link to the Past. So you can check that out on YouTube. I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, it's part of an ongoing series. Uh, and I may be having a couple of those uh, entries also on the Thirsty Maze channel at some point soon. So uh, look forward to that as well. Um, coming up next week, I believe, is it Final Fantasy VI next week, David? Are we already there or is it one more week? Yeah, oh, man, time is just. Yeah, no, it's next week. Time is flying by. I can't, God help I can't, us. Like, yeah. I can't believe we're already going to be talking about Final Fantasy VI. So, uh, I played the Game Boy Advance version of that. Uh, if you've still got uh, a little bit over a week uh, to play that game for the next uh, podcast is recorded and released. So, uh, you want to check that one? Check out that game if you haven't already. But we'll be talking about that soon. I think. Uh, I think Guillaume is going to join us from Radio Free Nintendo. Uh, Casey, I believe, is going to yep. be joining us as well. So that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I think that I think that just about wraps it up. Uh, we we reached the first milestone in our uh, YouTube contest. Uh, we hit over 250 subs on YouTube, so we gave away a copy of Shin Megami Tensei Four. Uh, so that was really neat. Our next giveaway is at 500. Is that right, David? And what are yep. we giving away at 500? Yep, Remind me. Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door. Ah, very good. And I know, uh, so funny enough, uh, it's it was Casey and Perry who we had on uh, for another uh, crossover episode where we talked about uh, Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door. Uh, and you know that a lot of us uh, really enjoyed that game too. So uh, yeah, so, you know, contest content to check out uh, podcasts to subscribe to uh listeners you've got a lot of work ahead of you tonight so you know get grab a grab a non-decaf coffee as casey would prefer and uh you better get on that um anything else david uh and by the time this comes out uh casey and i are starting up a new news weekly news video uh, that'll be on the thirsty mage so that uh, should be should be there for uh, viewing consumption right now. So just a, another reason to subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Thirsty Mage YouTube channel. Right on. So not just a place for your gameplay and reviews. You're going to get all that sweet news. And I think you guys are uh, talking about the uh, PS5 launch and then maybe speculating about uh, some of the games that are coming. I know we're all really excited to hear about uh, the next-gen consoles. We should get more news in, in, in June, I'm sure. Uh, so I think that does it for uh, this episode. Uh, thank you again to Casey and Perry for joining us. Always a lot of fun to have you guys on. Uh, uh, I think I threw it out there. I think our next crossover may be Star Tropics for the NES. So we'll see if that uh, if I can push everyone to, in that direction. I'd like to re I'd like to revisit it. And it's on the Nintendo Switch Online service, so uh, none of us have to pay any money. So that's always a nice thing too. Um, yeah, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, Casey and Perry for joining us. David for putting up with me. Actually, no, he didn't put up with me today. I had an alcoholic drink, so uh, it sounds like a pretty, <laughs> that's pretty right. good episode all around for everybody. Uh, but that's all for uh, this episode, and we'll see you next week for Final Fantasy VI. Uh, have a good night, everyone. Ooh-wee. See you guys later. Bye.